Do you know that certain peptides can benefit those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's? If you want to learn more about how peptides can help with thyroid autoimmunity and other chronic conditions, then you'll want to check out the brand new Peptide Summit hosted by Dr. Jenny Flagar. In fact, peptides play a huge role in helping Dr. Jenny overcome her Hashimoto's condition. To register for the free Peptide Summit, visit saymythyroid.com forward slash peptides. Hey, this is Dr. Eric. And in this Q&A episode, I am going to answer the question, what are my thoughts on Tepeza for those with thyroid eye disease? So for this episode, I am going to refer to a blog post I wrote in March of 2020. This is when Tepeza came out early that year. And so the title is A New Treatment for Thyroid Eye Disease. I'll make sure to include a link to this blog post in the show notes, which you can check out by visiting SaveMyThyroid.com. And so with Tepeza, I talk about Graves' disease. Usually you see thyroid eye disease in those with Graves' disease. And so Graves' disease is an autoimmune condition that involves the binding of thyroid-stimulating immunoglobulins to the TSH receptor, which causes the excess secretion of thyroid hormone. And the autoimmune component is also responsible for the development of thyroid eye disease. And I mentioned how the same thyroid-stimulating immunoglobulins might play a role in thyroid eye disease. It's not just the antibodies attacking the tissues of the eyes. Now, I talk about that when I talk about thyroid eye disease. That's a simplistic view of that. Also here, I talk about insulin-like growth factor, or IGF-1, and this is produced in the liver, and it acts to provide an inhibitory feedback signal on growth hormone secretion in the hypothalamus. And IGF-1 has different roles in the initiation and progression of different diseases, and in some cases, it can help with cell survival, but in other cases, it can lead to the development of cancer. And then I refer to a 2012 journal article, which discussed the role of insulin-like growth factor one receptor, the IGF-1 receptor, in the development of thyroid eye disease. And fibroblast, these are cells that produce connective tissue proteins, and they also play a role in the development of thyroid eye disease. And the journal article discusses how elevated levels of the IGF-1 receptor have been found in orbital fibroblasts as well as B and T cells from patients with Graves' disease. And apparently, the IGF-1 receptor forms a complex with the TSH receptor, and inhibiting this complex can greatly help people with thyroid eye disease. And then I go on to talk about Tepeza, which at the time, that was the new medication that could potentially help people with thyroid eye disease. And the way it works is by binding to the IGF-1 receptor. And this in turn causes degradation. So a breakdown of the antibody receptor complex that I mentioned. And this in turn has been shown in trials to decrease proptosis. So like eye bulging, double vision, as well as other symptoms associated with moderate to severe cases of thyroid eye disease. And then unlike other non-surgical options for thyroid eye disease, such as corticosteroids, I mentioned that Tepeza can stop the progression of thyroid eye disease as well. And then I just compared it with other thyroid eye disease treatments, such as glucocorticoid therapy and orbital radiation, and how these can help reduce orbital inflammation, but they don't do anything to stop the progression of thyroid eye disease and surgery could, of course, be an option as well. I mentioned here, while taking Tepeza usually shouldn't be the first treatment option for those with thyroid eye disease. So that kind of right away gives my perspective. So I definitely am not recommending Tepeza for everyone. But I mentioned if someone has a severe case and surgery is recommended, and here I said it makes sense to give Tepeza a try first. Again, now it's been around for a number of years, still not a long time. 
but there are side effects like hearing loss in some people, and sometimes it's transient, sometimes it might be permanent. So everything's risk versus benefits. Obviously, there's risk with surgery. So I don't know if we could always conclude that Tepeza is a better option over surgery. And then also worth mentioning, Tepeza is very expensive, so not everybody can afford Tepeza. Again, if someone doesn't have health insurance, they might not be able to afford Tepeza or eye surgery for the thyroid eye disease. I also mentioned that the Tepeza is only effective during active thyroid eye disease, which usually lasts from six to 24 months, although sometimes longer, like three years. And I mentioned how inactive thyroid eye disease is usually stable. And since significant improvement is less likely, surgery is commonly indicated for severe cases. So if you have inactive thyroid eye disease, Tepeza might not be an option for you. And then I just show the research. I should mention, if you're not familiar with Tepeza, it involves eight intravenous infusions given every three weeks. And here the research shows that many people showed improvement after only six weeks. The phase two trials show that 71.4% of people who took Tepeza had a greater than two millimeter reduction in proptosis at week 24. And I will say that when I wrote this blog post, I didn't have anybody who took Tepeza because it was brand new. Since then, I've had a few. I can't say I have had a lot of people. And it does seem to work well with the bulging to help with the bulging. I have had one person, a male patient who lost their hearing, but it was transient. It was temporary. The thing is, it it is still fairly new. So we don't know the long-term side effects. So definitely not recommending to jump into Tepeza for those with thyroid eye disease. And then I mentioned your dosing administration and then side effects and contraindications here, problems as well. I mentioned how it could potentially worsen inflammatory bowel disease including Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, and that it could cause hyperglycemia, which is increased blood sugar. And as a result, if someone has diabetes as well as thyroid eye disease, they want to be cautious if they take Tepeza. And then long-term side effects, again, it's fairly new. So at this time, definitely there wasn't a lot. And again, here, even now, it's as of recording this, it's still new, not as new as it was when I wrote the blog post in 2020, but still we don't know what side effects will be present five, 10, 15 years from now, if any. And then I finish up by asking a question, does Tepeza address the cause of thyroid eye disease? And obviously the answer is no, it's not removing the triggers associated with thyroid eye disease. But Again, in some cases, if someone has severe thyroid eye disease, I think it might be something to consider, but it's definitely controversial just because as of recording this, actually, there is a lawsuit with Tepeza because of the hearing loss, sometimes causes tinnitus. So it's one of those things, if someone has severe thyroid eye disease, it doesn't mean if you get the Tepeza, you're going to experience hearing loss or tinnitus, but would that be worse if you were to develop hearing loss? but your thyroid eye disease was resolved, would that be worth the exchange? Same thing with tinnitus, if you had like constant ringing in the ear. So so it's something where I would say, you know, Tepeza along with surgery should be last resorts. You want to try to do things to address the cause of the problem, especially if you're having active thyroid eye disease, that's the time to try to get change, focus on the immune system. Again, one can make the argument, well, how about if the natural treatments don't work? And then 
the person's thyroid eye disease becomes inactive and they can't get the tapezin. Surgery is the only option. And again, there is that risk as well. Like I said, everything's risk versus benefits. If someone has mild thyroid eye disease, I think it's safe to say that tapeza probably isn't an option to consider. If someone has moderate thyroid eye disease, then again, you might want to consider it maybe, but I would still say try the natural approach first. Obviously, I'm going to be biased. Whereas if you go to an ophthalmologist, they might push you more towards the tapeza. And then if someone has severe thyroid eye disease, the natural treatments are less likely to work, but you still need to consider the risk factors. I interviewed on the podcast, Dr. Ronnie Bannock. She's actually been on the podcast a couple of times, but one of the episodes we spoke about thyroid eye disease and, and she was in favor of tapeza. I don't think she was in favor of giving everybody. Well, I know she was in favor of giving everybody tapeza but she wasn't really talking negatively about it. So with me, like I said, it's great that there is an option for someone who has like severe bulging, for example. Um, One thing I didn't mention is I've seen it help with the bulging, but I haven't really seen it help much with double vision, with diplopia. So that's also something to consider. So that is my response to the question, what are my thoughts on Tepeza for those with thyroid eye disease? Again, most of the time, I am going to recommend not getting tapeza. For most cases, I think it's not necessary. And again, you need to weigh risk versus benefits, even if you have a severe case of thyroid eye disease. Maybe you'll get tapeza and everything will turn out great. It'll help with whatever you're experiencing, severe exophthalmos, the proptosis, maybe even the diplopia but there's the chance that it won't help or will help minimally. And then there's also the risk of side effects. So it's not an easy decision to make. And now if you don't have health insurance, it might be an easy decision to make because you probably won't be able to afford to pay for it. But if you have health insurance and it'll provide coverage for all or most of it, and you're dealing with moderate to severe thyroid eye disease, you know, I can understand strongly considering getting the Tepeza. But As I mentioned a few times during this episode, you always want to try to address the cause of the problem whenever possible. And I realize that natural treatments don't always help with thyroid eye disease, but same thing could be said with the tapeza, same thing could be said with the thyroid surgery. So that's why you always want to weigh risk versus benefits. Anyway, as usual, I hope you found this Q&A episode to be valuable, and I look forward to catching you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Save My Thyroid podcast. If you haven't done so already, make sure you hit subscribe to stay up to date on the latest thyroid health-related topics. And to get your free thyroid and immune health restoration action points checklist, visit SaveMyThyroidChecklist.com. Thanks so much for tuning in. I want to let you know about a product called Hepatomune Supreme, which is a unique supplement that has a rare combination of N-acetylcysteine, also known as NAC, milk thistle, and schisandra to support the liver. And it also has a few mushrooms that can help support the immune system, including cordyceps, which has both immune modulating and adaptogenic properties and is great for those with Graves' disease and Hashimoto's. To learn more about Hepatomune Supreme, visit SaveMyThyroid.com forward slash liver support.